Guideline First Look Guideline for Complementary Care by Lisa Croak The updated AORN, Guideline for Complementary Care, provides guidance on determining which complementary care interventions to use in the perioperative setting and how to implement them. Quote, Complementary care interventions are non-mainstream methods that can be used with conventional medicine, end quote, said Mary Alice Anderson, perioperative practice specialist and lead author of the guideline. Quote, These interventions are not for treatment, but to improve outcomes and optimize the perioperative experience for patients. End quote. This update expands on the previous version of the guideline, which focused on using complementary care interventions to reduce perioperative pain and anxiety by including holistic methods for optimizing the overall health and well-being of perioperative patients. Anderson noted that this update includes a more comprehensive review of the literature than the previous version. Quote, this literature review had a much broader scope because the expanding definition of complementary care interventions continues to be the focus of research. End quote, she said. New sections include selecting interventions, patient assessment, planning interventions, policies and procedures, and specific complementary care interventions, including supportive education, dietary and durable, stress diversion, visualization, electrical stimulation, and biofield. In addition, sections that were a part of the previous version of the guideline, including those on music, aromatherapy, acupuncture, and acupressure, now called acupoint, and massage, now called massage and reflexology, were updated with new recommendations based on the evidence. This guideline was first published in 2015 and will be available in the AORN eGuidelines Plus in May 2021. Assessment and Planning The recommendations in the sections on patient assessment and planning interventions expand on the guidance provided in the previous version of the guideline. For example, patient acceptance, willingness, consent for use. Before implementing a complementary care intervention that has been selected by an interdisciplinary team and follows applicable local, state, and federal laws, the following patient factors should be assessed. 1. Capability and willingness to participate in care. 2. Preference, tolerance, and willingness to use the intervention. 3. Understanding, for example, benefits, harms, and current use of complementary care interventions. 4. Developmental age, cognitive status, for example, delay, and understanding. 5. Mental state, for example, highly anxious. 6. Functional and nutritional status. 7. Laboratory results, for example, albumin is a sign of nutritional status. 8. Current use of dietary and herbal supplements. 9. Understanding of possible drug supplement interactions. 10. History of postoperative nausea and vomiting. And 11. Risks for falls when considering early ambulation, pressure injury related to wearable devices, and surgical burns related to wearable devices when electrosurgery will be used. Individualized and multimodal complementary care interventions should be planned in collaboration with patients as soon as possible after surgery is scheduled. 
a plan of care should include their priorities for surgical outcomes and expectations of interventions. Informed consent should be obtained before implementing the intervention. During and after implementation of the intervention, the patient's response should be assessed to adjust the intervention as needed based on feedback from the patient and an evaluation of the intended outcomes. Anderson indicated that interventions that provide the most benefit for one patient in one circumstance may not continue to benefit the patient at another time. Quote, It is imperative that perioperative nurses continue to respect patient autonomy to add or modify interventions based on the patient's current use and willingness related to the procedure, even after an initial assessment is conducted and recommendations are made. End quote, she said. Quote, this could mean adding, subtracting, or modifying interventions based on the patient's previous experience with the intervention or an unsuccessful influence on perioperative outcomes. End quote. Supportive education. In an effort to reduce anxiety and improve outcomes for patients, the healthcare team should schedule time before the surgery, for example, night before or morning of surgery, to provide supportive education and an opportunity for patients to ask questions about the perioperative experience. Effective education delivery techniques that are tailored to the patient's age and cognitive ability should be used. The education also should be provided in the patient's preferred language. When applicable, education may include such topics as alcohol and smoking cessation and accessing postoperative support, for example, support groups, cognitive skills programs. Information regarding preparation for surgery may be provided to the patient, including topics such as strength exercises to improve quality of life, walking to improve cognitive and functional recovery, or a combination of approaches, for example, walking, diet, relaxation skills. Information also can be provided on cold temperature interventions that can be used after surgery, such as cryotherapy to decrease pain, improve function and temperature, and decrease blood loss, ice packs to decrease pain and opioid use, or a combination approach, for example, cold application and lavender oil, to decrease pain and anxiety. Dietary and Herbal According to Anderson, the only dietary and herbal intervention addressed in the previous version of the guideline was oral essential oils. Quote, The previous version had a conditional recommendation that oral essential oils may be used. However, this updated guideline indicates that essential oils should not be orally ingested. End quote, she said. Quote, The U.S. Food and Drug Administration does not recognize essential oils as safe for any indication other than a regulated indirect additive for flavor. End quote. Patients should be provided information about dietary interventions that could affect outcomes after surgery, such as the value of consulting with specialized personnel, for example, registered dietitian, the benefits of following the recommendations of specialized personnel pre- and post-operatively, and the benefits and risks of dietary and durable interventions. Examples of dietary and durable interventions include gum chewing, or daikinchudo, that is, Japanese herbal medicine, to prevent or decrease the incidence or severity of postoperative ileus complications, for example, 
time to flatus. Postoperative menthol chewing gum and oral care, using menthol and normal saline swabs to decrease postoperative thirst discomfort, and oral ginger to reduce postoperative nausea. Stress Diversion Quote, Stress diversion is when you use mental diversion, such as games or books, to distract patients to decrease their perioperative anxiety and pain, end quote, Anderson said. Quote, Most of these approaches were studied in pediatric patients, but some could be effective for adult patients, end quote. Stress diversion interventions should be chosen based on patient age. Examples of options for pediatric patients include preoperative humor and play, intraoperative distraction, and a low-stimulus environment, for example, dimmed OR lights, soft background music, and parental presence during anesthesia induction. Postoperative patient visitation, video, and virtual reality may be options for both pediatric and adult patients. Conclusion This updated guideline provides recommendations on complementary care interventions to optimize the health and well-being of perioperative patients. It is essential that these interventions are individualized, multimodal, and planned in collaboration with patients and other health professionals, and that implementation is evaluated and adjusted as needed throughout the perioperative care continuum.